let it snow when we finally kiss goodnight how i'll hate going out in the storm but if you'll really hold me tight all the way home the fire is slowly dying and my dear we're still goodbye as long as you love me so let it snow let it snow let it snow and good morning from all things SR podcast. Good morning, Leslie, and welcome everyone. Good morning, Pam, and I see so many familiar friends in the chat room already. Mm-hmm. It's so good to uh, connect with you all this morning on this December 11th, uh, either morning or afternoon, depending where you are in the world. True. Um, I cannot believe we are... In the last weeks of 2021, guys, can you believe it? And 13 more shopping days till the big man comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you I, know, that that doesn't daunt me, you know. I've, I've had years that I did all my shopping Christmas Eve. That's par for the course in my house. <laughs> <laughs> that makes my friends who like are done shopping by the end of summer crazy, by the way. <laughs> you like, know, what? it is what it is. It is what it is. So, you know, it we uh... <laughs> truly, truly is. And I, I'm just seeing that uh, um, Betty was noting that the music uh, had was a perfect song for today's chapter. So kudos again to the music maestra. Pam. Well, well it, it is a, uh, it, you know, every time a baby sees snow for the first time. It's always fun. Mm. I remember with Isabella, not so much snow, but her first summer uh, at the beach. And I, I know, she wasn't even a year old. She was maybe six months, seven months old. And uh, took her down to the ocean. And the ocean temperature was about 50 degrees. And I put her feet in and she screamed the What can I, I had, tell you? What can I, I tell know. You? I had one my oldest daughter did not want to touch sand. So, like, she, we we tried to put her legs down, and she, like, immediately hauled them up. Um, and then my other one, you know, was rolling in the sand. So <laughs> <laughs> they actually both, my, old, my older one kind of grew out of that. But her first exposure to, to the beach was staying firmly on the blanket or on, or in, um, Abe or my arms. <laughs> well, that sounds like my sister, but not so much in the arms bit. She, uh, <laughs> my sister, cannot does not like the beach because she doesn't like the sand. She's not a sand person. Mm-mm. Yeah, I understand. There's, you know, not there's a all. texture going on. Not and at all. I um, which Gabriel and Julia don't seem to have an issue with, by the way. <laughs> uh, obviously not. Um, Although Betty does note, unfortunately, Gabriel is not as fond of the snow. (laughs) Oh, I I think that has more to do with the author and his writing at that particular point in time. That that is very well true. That is very well true. In our neck of the woods, though, we are looking at having a record high temperature today mm-hmm. um it's it's supposed to break records here in central pennsylvania um 
65 degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, we're supposed to have a beach um, day today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's surprising for December. Usually it's uh, fairly cold by now. Yes. Uh, Brenda's saying my son dislikes the beach. Agreed. Doesn't like the texture of the sand. And Betty said sand seems to have no effect on Gabriel and Julia. It must be a superpower. <laughs> I think you're right about that, Betty. Yeah, well, it gets in those places you don't want it to get to, then it's a problem. But that's yeah, that's a story, yeah. story altogether. I, 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 I think love is their superpower, really. Yes, isn't it? yes. Um, conquers all. Betty says in New York City, uh, they're expecting rain. lots of rain today. Yep, and, I think uh, we're in the same boat, Betty. Absolutely. But uh, wishing everybody well who was in the paths of all those tornadoes last night. Um, yeah. I heard horrible it was pretty bad. Storms. And in, horrible storms. I think in an Amazon warehouse, they're still looking for people from the tornado that went through their warehouse last night. So prayers and, and good luck to all. So. Yes. Yes. And, you know, uh, even though it's at the end of the year, we still have a little bit of news that we can share from, we do. Uh, we do. from the boss himself. And, and before we do that, though, um, just seeing that. Brenda saying prayers to the people who are getting what storm and tomatoes. She said, um, and I don't know if this has been overseas news or not. Um, if there's been at least 50 reported dead, yeah, which I, is I, really I, horrific. Um, and the SR Fox says, jealous of those temperatures. It's in the low 30s, raining, and my shed is leaking. Oh no, that's not fun. That is not fun. Yeah, we're we're super lucky. Um, it, you know, the other day it was like the low of 27. So it's True. very much fluctuating in our very uncertain climate right now. <laughs> you think? So, <laughs> oh, God. Anyhow. Yes. So, so in, our, in, in the favorite famous world of, of SR, we just, uh, the, so the Brazilian publisher is trying to plan something special for the Brazilian readers. So, at my, our friends in Brazil, please make sure you keep a lookout and stay tuned for see what they're going to be doing. I can't wait. I, I'm kind of intrigued by that teaser. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what they have in mind. Absolutely. So. Um, and uh, he hopes that everyone continues to have a blessed holiday season and that they stay, stay, stay safe. I know we're in, uh, on the Christian calendar. We're in the second week of um, Advent, soon to be third. And yep. uh, we um, we also uh, had finished Hanukkah not too long ago. So we're, uh, you know, it's right in, the, right in the thick of things right now. So. Exactly, exactly. We actually had our holiday gathering for my office um, yesterday, and it was quite lovely. Um, we all were very careful to distance um, to make sure we can be amongst each other mm -hmm. and uh, went to uh, my colleague's house uh, around midday and started um, helping prepare um, Dave, our colleague has uh, loves to cook we're, we all dis discovered we're all really into cooking and good food so he made a New England boil um, which I'm sorry our friend uh, Elena the uh, black lab lady's not mm -hmm. on because I, I wanted to get her take on um, she what she considers though. a New England 
Uh, well, Elena, you can share later what her New England boil was, but it's a corned beef um, with all different kinds of vegetables. What was funny is my coll- my one colleague is from Boston, and she's like, I never, I never heard of a New England boil being prepared like that. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun, but it reinforced the idea of this season of communing and connecting and, and, um, you know, it was just a lovely way to spend the afternoon, um, you know, cutting up vegetables and we had all kinds of hors d'oeuvres and charcuterie and just, and wine, of course, uh, wine and various other spirits. Mm -hmm. And, um, then we all came together at for the dinner around five and, uh, I, I made the desserts. I brought, uh, some Greek desserts that I made uh, the night before baklava and corambiades, which are these sugar cookies, these powder, um, butter cookies Mm -hmm. really, um, that kind of translate into almost every culture has a version of it. And I brought some chocolate, uh, desserts from a local bakery. So Cool. It was a nice way to commune and bring everybody together. And it's a, it, um, sounds... it just reinforces, you know, it just reinforces the camaraderie of this True. time of year. True. And the New England boil sounds very much like the Irish American or American Irish celebration mm-hmm. of St. Patrick's Day. Because yes. that's what a corned beef and cabbage is, a New England uh, boil. That's, I, and we were talking about that. And I said, well, I believe it probably was brought over from you know, that part of the world. Nope. Uh, but it was not. No. Not uh, corned beef and cabbage, corn, but the boil, the boil, the idea nope. of the boil. Nope. No. No. That's all here. That's all came from here. All an American custom that the Irish picked up. Well, and just like you go to Ireland and you say you want corned beef. They look at you as if you've got 10 heads. Right. So, right. Now yeah. I know corned beef and cabbage wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess what we were talking about and was cabbage itself was cabbage something native to the Americas, or if that was something that came I from. I think I think it's a combination because I know that the Irish do do a colcannon, which is actually potatoes, cabbage mashed together yep. with bits of ham. Yep. So. I I just saw a recipe for colcannon. Actually, yeah. I never had heard of it. So, and I was going to ask you mm-hmm. about it. So it's mm-hmm. funny it came there up in go. the podcast. Um. Yes, we uh, just, it was, um, it was, it was fun to have everybody together and um, kind of take a minute to enjoy, enjoy the company of others, which was good. Um, Betty, I do not know. Betty's question was, do Nicholas and Acacia celebrate Hanukkah together? And what does one give Nicholas? We'll have to pose that. To SR. I do realize I, there was a question last week I wanted to ask him. You asked and I forgot. So I'm going to try and do that next week, Betty. Okay. Um, we have a very event-filled chapter. We do. We do. Um, so I wanted to dig in mm-hmm. and start uh, with chapter 42 of Gabriel's Promise. And as uh, the music set the stage this morning... Uh, Julia's holding Claire while pointing this to the snow that is drifting down. And Julia's kind of pointing out the window saying snow. And she's teaching her, um, as all mothers of newborns, uh, new babies do. And uh, 
she, of course, little Claire, wasn't interested in the snow at all. <laughs> Claire was more interested in grabbing Julia's hair. <laughs> and Julia, at this point, had stopped using the crutches. And she was gently trying to put weight on her ankle. So you can imagine, the, you know, she's tenderly stepping and being very careful having Claire in her arms. She still wouldn't take Claire up or down the stairs at this point, however. And Gabriel asked if it was snowing and flipped the switch, flipped the switch for the fireplace, making the room warm and cozy. Um, because unlike today in this part of the country, um, it is cold and snowing there. Mm -hmm. So Julia took Claire back to the window and said, look, Claire, there's snow. But again, Claire was having none of that. She turned her head and started babbling to her father. <laughs> Gabriel was caressing her cheek and told her she was a good girl. And that snow was appalling and he approved of her disinterest. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I laughed out loud when I read that line. I just thought it was so funny. And I was trying to think of a question to ask SR around it. I really didn't have anything. I just, that line just makes me laugh every time, every time I see it. Well, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, especially if you're in an area that gets snow a lot, mm -hmm. you know, it, like some winters we've had around here, it's like enough already. I don't want to see it anymore, no matter what time <laughs> of the year it is. Right, right. I, I, I honestly, you know, I always harp on how much I love summer and the heat and I, I'm not a fan of snow, but I actually do. <clears throat> in truth, I do enjoy I do enjoy snow. I do enjoy the seasons. Um, I just have to be really geared up for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, especially on the on the coastal side of the state, you know, we get these nor'easters that come up from come up the Atlantic. And I remember one year in particular where we every week we had one of these nor'easters coming in and dropping a foot of snow on the ground. A couple of them had three feet of snow. So. And this is from an area that, unless it's a nor'easter, you, you might get some flakes, but you don't really get any snow, so. Right, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it, it can be um, shocking when you have a, a big snow dump like that. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Betty is saying her, um, she really likes this chapter, Worlds Are Colliding. And she said, my immediate thought was the song Snow from White Christmas. It's a great, it's a great song. Yes. And she said, I doubt Gabriel is into holiday karaoke. <laughs> Wouldn't no. that be a fanfic? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and uh, Betty said, maybe we were supposed to have snow, but Gabriel turned the heat on and the snow melted. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and Brenda, I laughed at your comments. She said, oh, he's so dramatic. He is. Now, can you imagine, Gabe, when, when, when um, Claire's a bit older, Gabriel building a snowman with her. Abs oh, yes. Absolutely, yes. And he'll have his Burberry scarf around the snowman's neck. Absolutely. <laughs> only the Prada the glasses. Oh, only, only the best for Gabriel. <laughs> exactly. Um, Betty also noted Claire won't say the same thing once she discovers she can make a snowman. Mm -hmm. That's so true. And, and SR I... Fox loves the snow, she said, especially when in the sauna and cooling down in the snow. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Now, that I've never done that. I've always been afraid but also want to try it i think if i'm in a, a spot a part of the world 
that I can do that. I'm gonna I, just, I, I'm gonna make a go of it. I'm gonna suck it up and try it. When I was have you a, ever done that, Pam? Uh, when I was in my twenties, I was in Aspen for a while, and we oh. we had a hot tub, and and it was always so much fun to be able to go in the hot tub and have the snow falling around you. Yeah. And then there was the the Hotel Jerome, which is like on the main drag in Aspen. And it's this big, old, old hotel. And it's it's gorgeous, really. And it's like one of these places where you're going to be spending $500 a night for a room. But they have an outdoor pool that they keep open year round. And that's really nice. Cool. That you know you wow walk, yeah you, and I mean it's it has no roof to it. it it's surrounded in in uh, like a plexiglass or glass so that if there is a wind it's not really gonna affect it too much. But when you walk by or you drive by and all of a sudden you see the steam coming up from the ground, it's, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> I know. Betty's saying, I've been in a sauna. It pretty much feels like summer in New York City. Very hot and humid. (laughs) I like the sauna, but I've never done the sauna, the snow experience. Um, And I, (laughs) Brenda made me laugh out loud. I mean, he is so hot that he might actually melt the snow on command. True. (laughs) This is true. We love our professor. So Betty says, snowman or snow rabbit? Oh, and the mm-hmm. SR Fox says in the family cottage, we have one in the backyard. Oh, how lovely. Nice. That nice. is wonderful. Oh, I'll be thinking of you on snowy nights and wondering mm-hmm. if you're you're enjoying the sauna and the relaxation. Um, so they're in the midst of the snow. Um, little Claire is babbling away at her, her daddy. And... Um, they made the comment, I think, about Richard and Rebecca walking around in Beacon Hill in this. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Gabriel looked down at his watch and said, oh, they're probably in the movie at this point. And he also asked of Rachel, if Rachel knew that Richard was up this weekend, um, and which she did. Um, apparently, Richard had told her the prior week. So, I, And I think that surprised Gabriel a little bit. And uh, yes, Betty, date, date night, night. <laughs> <laughs> or date afternoon. Just don't date tell, day. don't tell Rachel it's a date. Well, but Rachel apparently uh, did have a discussion with her father uh, when Gabriel asked uh, Julia if Rachel was fine with this. Julia told him, um, you know, they did have a discussion. They'd work things out, and she was not going to begrudge Richard a friend, which I thought, you know was Mm -hmm. the right thing for her Mm -hmm. I know it was hard for her but you know I think she understands that they're they both are interested in friendship and companionship right now as opposed to having a romantic interlude um and and yes Betty if Richard and Becky were going to the movies today she would hope they would want to see West Side Story I, and I, I don't have to be with Richard and Becky. I want to see West Side Story. I really, I can't wait. I and and Betty, I thought of you every time I see the commercials. I thought of you because on Betty Street they have the beautiful flags of Puerto Rico strung across um, the street, and it just it just made me think of the scene that they filmed. Um, apparently, when they filmed the the dance, uh, the the huge dance scene. Um, uh, during uh, Spielberg's production, it was really one of the hottest days in the city, the sauna lake day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the actors said their shoes actually, it was so hot, their shoes were melting on the pavement. It was oh, that yeah. hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and Betty made a comment here uh, regarding the, the chapter that sounds to me like Rachel's up to something. This could turn into the next blind date. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. I mean, I think Richard and Rebecca deserve having that friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty noted about the flags in her area. I think there's a large uh, group of Puerto Rican. Um, there's a large Puerto Rican community in her mm-hmm. part of her neighborhood. Um, so Juliet said she's really uh, that. Rachel made a comment that she's really happy that Wonder Woman was coming to Seelands Grove to spend Christmas with them. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel stated that Catherine would be horrified at Rachel comparing her to a comic book character. And Julia disagreed, saying that Catherine would be flattered. She has a good sense of humor. As Gabriel pondered that, he saw a blue Toyota drive by slowly and turn around in the cul-de-sac. He felt good about that, knowing that someone else was watching the house. As you remember last chapter, that was the, that was the extra set of eyes that Jack, Uncle Jack, arranged for them. Um, so we actually asked SR, would Catherine be horrified to be compared to Wonder Woman? And he said, I think Catherine would find the comparison to Wonder Woman amusing and perhaps flattering. Um, yeah, I think so too. I don't think she's as you know. Well, she's a a great academic. I don't think she minds a little um, modern culture put into her persona. Yes, I think she would kind of think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty's wondering if Catherine is Wonder Woman. Is Becky the Black Widow? <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted to know. If- uh, we think Aaron is aware of Rachel's new plan. <laughs> I think Aaron is uh, very tuned into Rachel, so I think he, uh, I think he definitely would have an inkling if she's up to something. Yeah. He might not know exactly what it is, but I think he's tuned. And into I, and I have a feeling that depending upon what it is, what she, what he perceives to be up, that he would either leave her alone or go on. Yeah. I just, I love, I just think his character is, you know, such the good guy, right? Just such the supportive, kind, patient. um, I think very much like Richard. Very much like Richard. Yes. I I totally agree on that, Pam. Oh, and uh, Anna's noting that Catherine has superpowers for sure. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. She would be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, Julie is like snapping her fingers and because Gabriel's like lost in translation somewhere and he's like, oh, she's, hello, Gabriel. <laughs> Earth to Gabriel. Yeah, really. Um, and he apologized. He said he was just being entranced by the snow. <laughs> the snow that he's so dismissive about. Right. So uh, what do you think of Claire's new wardrobe? And uh, <laughs> he had every item out, you know, I'm sure on the back of the couch, any flat surface just to show it off. And uh, she said she liked it, but she it, it was a bit extravagant. Mm-hmm. Gee, Barney's and a baby extravagant. 
so, shocking. Yeah, so Gabriel sort of took umbrage at this and uh, stated that she, that, you know, she was his daughter and <laughs> he wanted her to have the best. And uh, Julia mentioned that Target has nice baby clothes. But which they do, they do. I've got many things for Isabella at Target, mm-hmm. 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 especially when Jack uh, Skellington or whatever his name is was out. And I remember getting her shirts uh-huh. for that with that because she got into that movie for a while. And uh, she went on to say that she liked nice things too, and he had bought her many nice things and more beautiful shoes than she could wear. And Gabriel did have to remind her that shoes are a work of art and think of them as an art collection. <laughs> I love that line too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, yeah, I do a line. I do a line with, uh, uh, with uh, Gabriel's uh, f- fondness for uh, podiatric opportunities. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, you know... I was built for comfort. I was not built for speed. So the shoes are not there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Yes. uh, Betty says Target or Walmart would love to say Gabriel Emerson was here. And Anna noted that um, Catherine would blindside with those superpowers. And she needs to see that scene with Daddy and Claire shopping and the shoes. I know, Anna. I know. I would love to see that. I just think... And I think Tosca would film that with such a, with such the, a fun approach. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> I could almost well, see you know, uh, a, a montage, a shopping montage. Yeah, well, there. you know, and Gabriel's also asking Julia, though, if Target has personal shoppers. <laughs> no. Do they bring the clothes to you? <laughs> That's right. You know, nothing like oh, being taken to a couch. Sit down, relax. Here's a espresso can we get you anything else exactly toy bunny for claire you know and then they just bring the clothes out although i i i personal personally i would find that a fun thing to do at least once in my lifetime is have somebody just bring the clothes to me and say well you know like a pretty woman type moment mm-hmm. when they brought all the stuff out i there. think that would yeah. be a lot of fun yeah actually someday maybe well, next time we're um Next, next time we're in Boston or Toronto. Well, we 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 could also go to. Um, I'm I'm sure that there's a, at least one store in in New York City that would do that. Oh, I'm sure. Although Barney's sure. I think is having some issues financially. So anyway. Well, and um, Betty's asking in the shopping montage, would opera play on the background? <laughs> Why not? And um, she also agrees that high heel shoes are a work of art. They are beautiful behind a glass case, but not on my feet. <laughs> exactly. I saw some beautiful ones not too long ago that had uh, flamingos as their heel. Oh, fun. Yes. I remember you told me about that. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And Anna's saying, I understand over extravagant baby clothes. 37 years ago, I bought several hand-smocked rompers for my boys for way too much money. It's nice to indulge sometimes, though, isn't it, Anna? I mean, it's it's yes, kind of a, you know, it's it's kind of a parent thing. It's a grandparent thing, definitely, and aunts and uncles as well. 
Um, and Betty's saying, well, in COVID times, you can select the clothes online and Target brings the clothes to your car. Same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty, um, I love that. <laughs> I would say yes, but I don't think our, our, our ever-loving Gabriel would agree with that. that I don't know comment. if the professor would agree with that. Can you imagine? Uh, that <laughs> well, would be a scene. Yeah, that would be. Maybe in a future book. Yeah, exactly. So Julia is also, you know, telling Gable, you know, reminding her that, you know, Claire, that Claire has a lot of privilege when you think about it. And, mm -hmm. and they, they live in a nice house. They have a lot of privilege around them. And she wants Claire's character to be kind and uh, generous that that's what makes you beautiful as opposed to having all these beautiful things to wear and what have you. It's very true. I, I love this part of the chapter because it kind of gets into reflection on society. Yes, it um, does. And societal values. And then Gabriel reminded her that Claire is, is only uh, three months old and, you know, there, there'll be plenty of time for, uh, for that, and, you know, and exactly get uh, Julia's point since she's already received gifts from Tiffany's, a Renaissance manuscript from her godmother, and now a wardrobe from Barney's. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's like, you know, should it, should she refuse, you know, should if he had, re Gabriel's like, I can't refuse gifts from Kelly or from Catherine Picton. And she agreed with that. And, uh, but, you know, and as a grandparent, I can say this, it's the privilege of being an aunt or a godparent or a grandparent that, you know, they can do whatever they want with their, their children, their grandchildren or, or nieces or nephews where, uh, you know, parents really can't do that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but Gabriel only wanted to teach her what true beauty is. And I say this, liking at looking looking at, at the most beautiful woman I've ever seen inside and out. Aww. So she blushes. He has such a way with words. He does. And he strokes her cheek asking, why can't I buy this little princess nice clothes? She'll be a teenager in ripped jeans, slamming doors, and listening to god-awful music in a, <laughs> not too long from now. <laughs> Which again would be phenomenal if uh sr writes uh that age mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it really it, it would be um amazing uh <laughs> to read that mm -hmm. but you know i think his point is is a good one as well he he wants to he does want to lavish things on her he's a, a, an adoring father and he he wants to show her lovely things um and i also think it, it, it goes into the the fact that you know he never thought he would ever have any more children, uh, especially after having the vasectomy after Maya. Right. And now he's got this gorgeous little girl. Right. It says she's such a special gift. And, mm -hmm. you know, looking through, um, <laughs> Betty's noting Claire, um, has the first edition of the Velveteen Rabbit. Julia mm -hmm. forgot. No. It's not just Tiffany's. And, uh, <laughs> Or, and uh, 
Anna's noting, uh, you know, her expensive clothes for her her children has now morphed into buying expensive hockey equipment <laughs> for the last. <laughs> now that is years. not a cheap sport to be involved. No, in. I, I I had mentioned that's a truly an investment, and and because it is, there's a lot time uh, money investment uh, in in that sport. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Betty's saying, I doubt Gabriel would like my gift. Uh, the uh, edition of Good Night Moon, perhaps. <laughs> first edition of Good Night Moon, perhaps. Not 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 a first edition of the Velveteen Rabbit. Um, I think he's avoiding rabbits uh, for, for the most part. And uh, SR Fox also noted regarding um, the spoiling duties. It is a blessing being an aunt. You're so right. I have such a wonderful relationship with my four-year-old nephew, which is true. And they do grow so fast, Betty notes. She's saying by the time Claire is seven, she will pick her clothes and won't wear anything she doesn't like. Yes. Uh, might even happen when she's four or five. Um, I, I, I can tell you from experience. And Anna's saying, oh, yes, SR Fox, I have all boys and lavished my only niece with all the fluff. <laughs> See, now my son was the only grandchild, the only niece and, or nephew of, of mm. my family, um, on my, my side of the family. My husband had two nieces, um, but they're both in their uh, 40s, late 40s, early 50s at this point. And um, so I, you know, I can't do too much spoiling on that end, <laughs> but, and, but I do have a 10-year-old granddaughter that I... I don't spoil at all. Oh, my. <laughs> Maybe just a little, Tam. Just a little. She's she's my music maven these days. So. Yeah, she is. She's also your mini-me. It's it's amazing. Oh, God. It's she scary. really is. It's scary. And, and Betty's noting that her blessedness 2.0 is three, and he picks what he wants to wear. Yep. That's one of the best things to do. You give them two choices, and that way they'll go with one or the other. And uh, they'll feel good about it, and you get them to put clothes on their bodies. It's exactly. it's an amazing thing, That's, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, but this whole this you know this whole discussion. I mean, think about also Julie and Gabriel grow up grew up in Sealands Grove, very different um, central Pennsylvania experience, very rural, um, very working class. Um, but also a there is a town. college town, um, but. They, there's not an amount, there's not tons of extreme wealth. There is, Seals Grove actually does have some um, old money in, in the town, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, definitely not Cambridge and definitely not Harvard that, you know, so they're raising their daughter in a very different environment mm-hmm. than where uh, they came from. And I think she's, I think she's mindful of that. And I think she's also mindful, you know, that she was, it's funny. We had this discussion the other, I had this discussion yesterday with someone saying, um, uh, she, uh, a colleague's child is at a college out in Oregon. And she said, you know, it's very much a have and have not, you know, you can definitely see those who are there on scholarship, um, and having work study opportunities. And then those who, are like trust fund kids. And Mm -hmm. she said there was definitely a feeling of have and have nots um, in some of, in some of the interactions. And I think Julia is very sensitive to that. 
she wants she wants a child who's going to be kind and and respectful and and welcoming and not uh, entitled. So I, I, I thought I really like I said I really like this discussion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know she she went on to say she hoped um, that Claire wouldn't uh, just be a teen rip with ripped jeans slamming doors and listening to god awful music um you know um in in several years but she also really was like you know i think barney's is just too extravagant for children and she didn't want her daughter growing up the way some of the people she has to deal with at harvard grew up mm-hmm. and she said this gave Gabriel thought about some of the wealthy families he had to deal with at Harvard, Oxford, and Princeton. He didn't want that either, as he thought of Cecilia. And he patted Claire's head as Claire reached out for her daddy. And he took her and she rested her head on his shoulders. Oh, can't you see this? Oh, my gosh. My heart melts because I, I know Julia would be so beautiful in this scene, uh, portraying Gabriel and his daughter. It just would be so sweet. Um he did not want that either for his daughter, knowing that he enjoyed and had attachment to luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he noted he, he, you know, he doesn't want her to be, uh, you know, entitled and he didn't want her to be caught up with privilege. But, you know, he he wants her to have nice things and he does have an attachment to luxury. And <laughs> again, this made me laugh. Julie goes, an attachment, <laughs> said a teasing Julia. But Gabriel told her that with her kindness, loving and gentle being, uh, she wasn't worried about Claire's upbringing because um, he felt very confident that she was going to be um, learning and modeling behavior from his her mother. And he also, you know, he was kind of deprecating himself in a way as well. And he said, you know, you're the one who has this kindness and goodness in you. And Julius said um, that you're being great, really greatly exaggerating this. And she would learn bravery, strength and hard work from Gabriel. And, uh, you know, she had the recognition that her kindness grew out of her cruelty that she she observed in her mother. And Julia was determined not to be that way and not to raise her child in that way. Mm-hmm. So, again, this was another really insightful part of the very reflective um, of of the characters at that point. Mm-hmm. And Anna noted, um, Julianne grew up in poverty, truly. Gabriel was upset. Um, upper middle class. Was uh, up with the middle class, in the upper middle class with the Clarks. So they both, you know, had this sens- sensitivity to this. Um Betty's saying, my idea of wealth, going to Dunkin' Donuts, buying a dozen donuts for my family. I doubt Gabriel would be impressed. And she also you said, Barney know. is too much. But a t-shirt with Barney the dinosaur is acceptable. And she said, an attachment. <laughs> See, now I have a theory about Barney the dinosaur and the, and the Reverend Al. <laughs> uh, do you tell? Well, you know, you know the song... I love you, you love me. Well, um, if you do, I, I love you, you love me, send me money and I'll be free. <laughs> That's when the Reverend Al was really into I ago. do. I do recall that many years ago. Yes. It really is. We're a happy family, Pam. 
And yes. do you know how I know this? Because I listened to Barney on my morning commute for several years. I'm sure I listened to Raffi. <laughs> for hours, uh-huh. hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's too funny. So, yes, uh, Betty, he does seem to have an attachment to the finer things and to luxury. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Gabriel wanted to spoil Julia by bringing her shoes you know, after his shopping trip, it wasn't just shopping for Claire. He wanted to get something special for his mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing the state of her ankle, he decided he would get her something else. And Julie went over and opened the box he bought her. Um, and they revealed to have encased in them very warm, very soft slippers, which is a very thoughtful gift that he gave her. She retrieved the canberry, cranberry-colored shearling slippers with skid-proof leather soles. And tried them on. They fit perfectly. And she thanked him. But she meant what she said about spoiling Claire. You know, she she was very appreciative of him lavishing gifts on them. And I think she she knows that's one of his ways of showing love. So she gets it, especially mm-hmm. someone who had so little. You know, someone who had been in poverty now has the means to lav- lavish gifts on people. So she doesn't want to take that away from him, mm-hmm. but she just wants to kind of be mindful that we don't want to spoil Claire. Um, she didn't want Claire to think that she had to dress a certain way in order to be valued. And Gabriel looked over at the clothes and Julia, and he said no. You know, she walked over to him, put her arm around his neck and kissed him. And uh, she was, she was saying no. I, you know, I. He wanted to know if he, she needed him to return everything. And he was like, no, no. But mm-hmm. just keep this in mind for the next time. Mm-hmm. And um, looking in the chat, um, Betty's wondering if there was a fire in the Emerson's house, what item would Gabriel rescue? Shoes, the painting of Dante and Beatrice, or Julia's stilettos? <laughs> ah, the halftime show is wondering... Yeah, I we, almost uh, thought the, the, it's, uh, it's, it's later than normal. Yes, well, the battery was changed yesterday, and somebody fiddled with the time. <laughs> so. and it wasn't it's the, now it's not the halftime show. It's the three-quarter time show. Exactly. <laughs> and Anna's saying, thinking of that, she just finalized an adoption this week of an 11-month girl into a family with three other children. She reached out to the 15-year-old brother and put her head on his shoulder and fell asleep. Oh, (laughs) this is why I do this job. Anna, I don't know if we say it enough. Thank you for what you do. I mean, honestly, working uh, with families and helping people um, is just remarkable. Um, I say that to nurses all the time. Mm-hmm. I know Brenda's not on currently, but uh, Brenda is a cardiac nurse. And as you guys heard, she did a lot of caregiving for me mm-hmm. the night of the premiere. Um, just remarkable. Um, so thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, looking through the chat more, Ashley's saying I was a Barney fan. Um, it was at actually a baby bop and Barney was my first <laughs> ship. <laughs> he loved baby bop. I love it. Ashley, that's sweet. And yes, Uggs, it sounds to me 
that he got her some lovely Uggs. Mm -hmm. And Gabriel, the slippers are the best gift. You have become a man. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And Betty's noting that Gabriel needs his own Christmas clock, which is funny. But yeah, yeah. I can can imagine how well that would go off in his house. Um, (laughs) Hey, you think he had a fit with the pink flamingos? I think this is a whole other level. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, I can, I can relate because when we have a tradition in our house in our family um, that we have Elmer the Elf, mm. and Elmer comes the day after Thanksgiving, and normally he brings like the first Christmas decoration. Oh, cute! And or a pair of slippers, something like that. Well, when my my mother's brother loved this idea of Elmer and. Instead of an ornament or slippers, it was, let's see what odd thing we can buy off the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so everybody got a Christmas clock from him when you're, this is not one of them, but it, it was similar. And I brought it home and I put it up in my kitchen and the late great said, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> So. so I can appreciate how Gabriel might feel about that. So as, as and, he, I'm and sorry. I'm laughing at Anna's comment. She said, Uggs won't dig into his <laughs> like stilettos. That's right. <laughs> and Betty thinks Julia would love the clock. I think Julia would too. And oh, Betty's I, saying, I, I thought Pam was going to say Elmer would bring a dead rabbit. <laughs> Oh my Nobody's gosh, no, gonna bring a dead dog. Walter, go lie down. <laughs> Walter, boo boo. Walter, boo boo's gonna start now because I don't know what. Maybe somebody dropped something off on the porch. Because I think Amazon <laughs> is here five times a day. Yes. And yes. So Gabriel's continuing the conversation, and uh, he said that he mentioned that Eleanor from the BBC had asked him for an interview about the Renaissance in, in London. And Julie was thrilled for him and asked, well, when, do you, when are you going to go? Thinking it would be, you know, next month or right after Christmas, something like that. And uh, he corrected her to we, and it's scheduled, it was scheduled for March or April. And actually, Pam, we, I, I since there is a, a plot point in this, um, we missed the, cha- the prior paragraph. Oh, sorry about that. No, that's okay. I I just, I looked up and I was like, oh, yeah. Gabriel's swaying with Claire. And he, he sat on the couch. Um, and he was asking about if Target did that. And, and Julia assured him they would go on a Target excursion when her ankle is better. That piece of it. Yep, yep, I'll, I'll, I'll take, take care, care of, of um, sharing, sharing this, this and, uh, and uh, we'll go, go back. back. Then when, then when, uh, when, when I'm done, done with this, this, you can talk, can about, talk about Eleanor, Eleanor from, the from the BBC. BBC. Um, um, Julie, Julie was assuring was him, him that, that uh, they would get a large, get a large red, red shopping, shopping cart, cart, sip on sip Starbucks. Starbucks. Um, it would just be magic, she said. So, so, you know, Gabriel, you know, Gabriel going, from, going having from having everything, everything brought, brought out to him at Barney's in this beautiful environment to um, grabbing a red cart and having Starbucks, Starbucks, I think, I think he's uh, not loving that. that. And yes, and yes Betty's Betty saying, Walter, Walter breathe, breathe, count to count ten, ten, everything's going to be okay. Well, and, Walter's um, breathing right now. So, so Gabriel, 
suggested that they have quite the different views of magic. <laughs> if Julia thought the red cart and the Starbucks was magic. Um, and seriously, then he grew concerned and asked about her other leg. Um, and Julia said it was a little worse for the numbness today, but otherwise it was okay. And he suggested that they see another doctor, but she'd already seen two neurologists and neither of them have any treatments other than time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, and this is why I thought we needed to mention this, you know, this is something that's weighing on the back of their minds, both of them, I think pretty heavily because mm -hmm. it's very, um, they're very concerned, um, you know, and, and when they're just saying they just need time, I, I know that doesn't sit well with Gabriel, the man of action. So um, they're probably going to pursue another doctor. And then, you know, he changed the subject, holding up one of Claire's feet, showing her little ballet slippers. Aww. And I can imagine how cute they are because those little kids, those little baby clothes are just adorable. And Julia conceded to the fact and. She said, yes, you know, especially with Claire sucking her fist quite content in Gabriel's arm. And he was so proud of his little princess being the little fashion plate. And, and you, can you imagine those little pink ballet slippers on those little pudgy legs with the white I know, with on those them? white tights. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. Cute. So cute. Yeah, and every time that Betty goes to Target, she ends up buying extra things. Yes. I, I'll be How can you not? I know. I'll be, in, I'll be in Target this afternoon, I think, with Mary. Apparently, she has a shopping list. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Oh, the, uh, holiday shopping with Mare. I think that's going to be fun. Now, my brother-in-law's family, they, they do a Pollyanna for everybody that's over the, a certain age because there's just so many of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Mare always tries to trade uh, whoever she gets for the Pollyanna for my sister and brother-in-law because every year she gets the Monopoly game. <laughs> if I tell you how many Monopoly games are in this house right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, I have I, quite a few. Actually, I'm not sure if we still have them or if we gave them away. We had, we had like seven or eight different yeah, versions yeah. Well, so. we have, these are all the same version and they're all but one or two are still wrapped in the plastic that they come in <sighs> yeah <laughs> well and, and, and yeah it's mm -hmm. it's a thing mm -hmm. i get it and and anna's just saying how can you deny daddy professor that experience with his principe exactly <laughs> I think Let's there's a balance. Spoiled. I think there's a balance there. There will it's, be. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's still early for them yet. So anyway, oh, yeah. It's, a, so it's anyway, always a work so in progress. True. So Gabriel does have this new interview coming up with Eleanor from the BBC. And uh, so, you know, he, Julie was asking when they were going. He was going. He's saying we. And they're scheduling it for March or April. And he thought they could work it out around the time of the workshop in Oxford, which would, you know, two birds, one stone. Exactly. Um, so he would speak to her about the arrangements. Uh, and so then he says, what, so what does mommy want for dinner? Aww. And Julia su suggested spring rolls. Spring rolls for the spring roll. Yeah. 
and they're always uh, a good idea in my in yes. my book. <laughs> so, uh, Jewel, but Gables was against takeaway food. Mm-hmm. Said he would cook pasta. So mm. this intrigued Julia, who got up, said she wanted to watch. <laughs> I want to watch that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but Gabriel wanted her to relax and enjoy the fire. She's but nope. She followed him into the kitchen while listening to Nelson Dorma. Mm. So he asked SR, why did you select Puccini uh, to include in the book? He says he likes Puccini, and I usually feature music that I like, which he, which he does. Mm-hmm. And what pasta did uh, Gabriel prepare for dinner? And Gabriel's taste in pasta extended to bolognese at the time, which is also something that he likes. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so it's also I, something I, that I like. I do, too. I, You know, um, it's funny because when I, you know, a lot of people, like I, were, when I lived in New York, I, I was surrounded by a lot of Italian-Americans and that love, you know, making their, their, they're making the real Italian food. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, spaghetti sauce is spaghetti and meatballs or sausage, and but there's not a lot to it. It's like tomato sauce, some some uh, tomato paste, and garlic and whatever, and the mm-hmm. meat. I've I'm putting always, a copy of a recipe in the chat box, and also I'm going to try and do a link to Puccini as a. Uh, oh. Well, the other the other thing I, I you know when I make my bolognese sauce I do like to use a pork and, and beef mixture, but I also do what I call the miracle the you know the carrots onions and celery, mm-hmm. and cook all that up and then get, you know get the meat in there so that all those flavors start blending and then I put some tomato in not a lot. Now some recipes call for cream in their bolognese sauce. Which I've, you know what, that surprises me. I, I don't think I've known that. Well, well when you make um, a penny all of vodka, you also put cream in. Mm-hmm. You know the the vodka sauce. Yeah. It, 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 it just that I love. Yeah. Um. But I make a pretty good bolognese, and I like to. I usually I usually use the bolognese sauce either in my lasagna, and I like the pepperidale. Um, pasta as opposed to spaghetti teach their own exactly mm-hmm. um i'm putting a, a pavarotti performance of puccini puccini in the chat for y'all and that happens to be the one that uh, which is likes. the one i think he was referencing or one of them so hopefully the link it- rings true so and, uh, Anna's saying that um, Gabrielle needs to learn to make real pasta and that she likes to watch her sons make it. I, I, it's, and it's generational. That's true. Uh, I had a, I yes. had a neighbor um, when, I, when Jim and I first got married in the apartment that we had. We had neighbors downstairs that was um, uh, from, from Italy. Uh, Grandma or Nona hardly spoke any English at all. And Maria spoke, uh, you know, broken English with Italian mixed in. And her husband 
was a landscaper, which in that part of New York that we lived, I think every Italian man that came from Italy was a landscaper or a mason, either one. Mm-hmm. And which is generalization I shouldn't do, but that's what it seemed like. And then, uh, so she and Nona had me help them make pasta one time because they make it big batches of it and they dry it um, so that they can just grab it when they need it and they're, and they're not buying it at the grocery store, which I thought was very cool. Yeah. And, you know, and, you, you know, just throw it on a counter and you mix it all up and then you, it was, it was great. So. That would be great. And Anna's saying it's so easy to make pasta, cavatelli mm-hmm. or gnocchi. I, I've mm-hmm. made gnocchi before. I haven't made, stra- I haven't done the straight out pasta uh, beyond the gnocchi. And yeah, um, I've, I've done that. I, I want uh, to though. I, I, that's something, you know, as we're talking about, I'm thinking that would be fun. I, mm-hmm. um, I, I love watching that on all the cooking shows. Um, there's, there's a and there, it is, there is nothing like it. It, it is, there's such a difference mm-hmm. in quality yeah. between that and what there, I buy in the box. <laughs> there, there is a, um, a, a Facebook channel that I connected to a while ago, a group, and, and they're like the, 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 the known as that do all the cooking. Mm-hmm. They make up, they make pasta and they're really kind really of like what, what kind of like what uh, Nina Bachi references in her, yeah. <laughs> her, her hope. Yeah. Series. But, the, but this it. is, a, this is, I think, I think she's British. She goes over, mm-hmm. she's in Italy and she goes to their houses and they make one woman was even making her own, uh, 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 you know, the tomato uh, paste, oh, which is wow. really interesting to watch. Yeah. Anyway, I oh, digress. That sounds great. Well, that's okay. We, you know, we're, we're, we know that Gabriel is uh, going to be preparing a wonderful dinner for Julia. Mm-hmm. And then after their dinner, uh, the next morning, after mass with his family, <laughs> he went into his study and called Nicholas Casper. And I still can't get over that chapel in the mall. I'm sorry. It's I know. <laughs> so ungabriel like <laughs> But it was it's a nice in, little chapel, you know, though. I know. I know. I think it's fascinating. Dunkin' Donuts um, is right next door. And uh, for those who are t- watching the chat, Anna put in a quick recipe. So uh, thank you for that, Anna. She's inspiring me. Um, so he called Nicholas. And I, I, you know, I loved this, of course, because I love, I love that character. I love that book, The Man in the Black Suit. So Gabriel identified himself saying he's calling from America and asking how he was doing and how his parents were. Nicholas told him that they were holding up, um, but they spent most of their time abroad. Um, you know, this, in this period of time, you know, it's, it's after, obviously after, uh, the murder of his sister and, uh, they, the whole family's just never really recovered from that. Mm-hmm. And Gabriel was sorry to hear that, um, and he answered Nicholas's question about his family, saying that Julianne was doing well and that Claire had been born in September. And Nicholas thought that was excellent news and that he would pass that on to his parents, because I'm sure especially his mother would love to hear that. Um, and she, he said, please do. Um, and actually, that's it was his family, which is why he was calling. 
and he needed the name of someone who could watch a person in Zurich. So Nicholas being located in Switzerland uh, was the obvious choice to call. And Gabriel went into the whole story about Simon and Talbot and the interactions that they had and noted that Simon was moving to Zurich and he just wanted someone to keep tabs on him with the hope that he would lose interest in his family, especially being overseas. I, I, I think he's just trying to cover his bases and, and make sure everybody's going to be safe. Um, and uh, Betty, it's funny, uh, she said, I'm sorry, but I was laughing at Gabriel. This is Gabriel from the Americas. Sounds so mm -hmm. weird. <laughs> It's funny. I, I know I was I was thinking that, but I guess he wanted to make sure he knew Nicholas, knowing lots of people that he probably had another Gabriel. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> he wanted to identify himself. So Nicholas um, assured him he would make a few calls and uh, Gabriel is very clear. Look, money's no object. I just want this to be taken care of. And Nicholas assured him that the money was not needed. Um, uh, but wanted to also know if he needed someone to watch out for them in America. And Gabriel told him, um, no, he was covered on that front. Um, and Nicholas assured him that this was for his family with his compliments. So I thought, you know, again, that shows just the, the character and nature of Nicholas and that he he values the people that are in his world and he wants to take care of them just like Gabriel likes to protect those who he loves. Um, Nicholas was a wealthy Swiss businessman, an avid art collector and a generous philanthropist. And Gabriel never suspected that the man had ties to the underworld apart from his black suits. Again, I thought that was a funny line. So it made me giggle. Um, and so Gabriel was not naive um, he knew that Casseros sustained a robbery many years ago and many of the items had not been recovered and that Nicholas had taken the robbery personally. So his family hired security rivaled, uh, rivaling the security levels of many heads of state. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of, you know, did he call the right person to see if someone could keep tabs? He knew Nicholas was exactly the person he wanted to talk to about, mm -hmm. about this very delicate issue. And he, you know, reflecting though, you know, Gabriel being someone who's, who's seen his, his side of the, the rougher part of life, um, he also kind of felt he may have just incurred a debt that one day he would have to pay back. So obviously I think he said money is no object and I think mm -hmm. that debt is no object to him at this point. You know, I right. think he will do anything to keep someone safe but that line about he may have just incurred a debt that he would need to pay back to me that was a an indicator that something down the road there's going to be something down the road between the two um that gabriel's going to have to repay the favor so i i'm mm -hmm. eager i'm hoping we get to read that story because i'm curious that how that, that yeah that would be an interesting you know i imagine sr has that in his note cards you know has that kind of plot line and I'm curious of what that would be, but I did not ask him that because I knew he would not answer that. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't want to spoil anything. So mm -hmm. I feel like the winky face 
or that's a good question would have been the response. So I didn't, I didn't waste his time on that one, but I did ask him a, a couple questions. Um, why did you decide to include Nicholas in the story? And he said, I thought it'd be interesting to include Nicholas in the story since readers met him in the man in the black suit. And I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Looking at the chat, I see that uh, Betty said, I imagine Gabriel wearing an old-fashioned hat with feathers. And, and he just was saying, would Gabriel, Dante, specialist from Massachusetts, work just the same instead of this is Gabriel from the Americas? <laughs> and he said that this, uh. during, this call to her felt kind of felt like the mafia. And uh, yeah, she wonder if Gabriel's ever asked Nicholas for his tailor's information. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that scene in The Godfather where, yeah. you know, the undertaker goes in at the wedding and, and says, Godfather, I need your help, blah, blah, blah. And, and he says, mm -hmm. well, you've never asked me for anything. Why are you coming to me now? But agrees to do something and then says, you know, I may call for a favor for you from you down the line. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And uh, Betty also said possible future book, question mark. And um, Gabriel and Nicholas going undercover. The men in the black suits. Hey, <laughs> it would be fun, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, Ashley. How about that fanfic? That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Could do so, a, um, a, a 007 <laughs> type. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, I, I, I hope he writes more in about Nicholas and Akasi. I just love the characters. And, yeah, you know, the last question we asked him of the week was, uh, if Gabriel, does Gabriel trust Nicholas, especially since he was given pause at the end? And, and SR said, Gabriel trust Nicholas. They have a connection through Nicholas's family. So there definitely is trust between mm -hmm. Gabriel and Nicholas, which is why he called him. Right. So, and chapter 42. Yep. That's it. That's so. It. Yeah, but I could, I could definitely see the mafia aspect of it. Yeah, could, you know, Nicholas does have a little bit of that in him. Not so much well, mafia, yeah. but. He has but connections. He the, uh, all, connections. All levels of society. Very true. <laughs> And Anna says, I think Gabriel plus Nicholas would be a force for sure. Oh, honestly, yes. It would be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting to have them working together on something. <laughs> be, it, it definitely would be interesting. Oh, could you imagine if they did something like uh, Nicholas recovering something from the Renaissance in terms of art or something tied in with Dante, like a Dante relic? Um, and then bringing Gabriel in for, uh, you know, to help uh, acquire information and maybe even help get to the people who may have it. Like I could see mm -hmm. so many, this going in so many directions, um, which would be super fun. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Betty, I was waiting. <laughs> Paul has connections too, Betty noted. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> Bessie the cow is a big one. <laughs> Sorry, Betty. I love it. And speaking of Paul, thank you, Betty, for that perfect segue. Our podcast next week is not going to be featured around the book. Mm -hmm. 
It'll be featured around Paul. It is all about Paul, the Paul birthday podcast. Mm-hmm. It should so be mark fun. your calendars, friends. We're having a Paul party. Mm-hmm. And you know Paul. who Betty, uh, you know, Betty may be involved in this. Yeah, Just yeah, saying. It's very possible. Very possible. So. <laughs> yes, and I agree. <laughs> Gabriel plus Nicholas, Julianne would be scared shitless. Cassie mm-hmm, would be okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I agree with that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yes, Betty's saying it's all next week is all about her sweet, sexy stud, Paul. That's true. That is very true. Betty, I will vow not to mention Gabriel's name next week in honor of Paul. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I will, I will try. Try hard. Yes. <laughs> we, and you know, it'll be, it'll be an interesting segue. So. <laughs> yes. So that's the podcast for today, friends. Mm-hmm. I hope you all are doing well. I know um, those who celebrate Christmas, it can be stressful time of year, but try not to let it be. Just try to keep things simple and uh, take time, take a breath, and uh, you know and have a chance Brenda. to enjoy. <laughs> Brenda's laughing at me. She said, "Let's see how long that lasts, Leslie." I'm gonna mm-hmm. try really hard. You got to remind me next week, Pam. If- <laughs> that I made that I made that commitment. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Anna saying Gabriel will gift Paul <laughs> muck boots. <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be a shiv, but that's another story. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, and thank you, Brenda. It was great to have you in the chat room too. And it's so. great to have everybody um, with us again this week. Absolutely. And uh, so, happy holidays, as Betty says. And Pam, what's uh, what music are we leaving on? Nessun Dorma. Uh, by, by, by Pavarotti. Sung by Pavarotti. Yes, you can so. hear him. And then if you want to watch the performance, uh, one of the performances, I did put the link in the chat box. So mm-hmm. uh, sending good vibes. Yes, Anna, we will send good vibes to you. The State Impact state inspection next week at her agency so and i i i uh feel your pain my sister does it all the time with her nurse with the nursing uh, yeah my and my daughter last week had uh i think last week or two weeks had inspection um at her child care center so Mm -hmm. thank you betty thank you you help make the show great all of you so um, thank you we appreciate your kind words And uh, have a wonderful weekend. You all have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Take care.